Welcome to the Leadership Launchpad Project, where purpose-driven leaders unite to change the game of life and business forever. Here are your hosts, Susan Hobson and Rob Kalvroski. We are back. Welcome back to the Leadership Launchpad Project. I'm Rob Kalvaroski, and as always, we have our in-house leadership coach, Susan Hobson. How are you? Fired up and ready to launch. Let's go. Let's go. We got a really exciting one for you guys today. Woo! We do. We we have a really special guest and an inspiring guest. One, the the creator and founder and CEO of Empowering Brands and Empowering Women, Charlie Matthews. Charlie, how are you? I'm doing awesome this morning. Thanks for having me. No, it's great to have you, Charlie. And, and, you know, like I'm a big fan of yours and I want the people out there to become big fans of you as well. Do you want to just give everyone a background? Like who is Charlie Matthews? Oh gosh, that's a, such a grand question. Hold on. Uh, Well, I am a mom. I am a wife. I am a friend, Uh, but yeah, I'm a CEO. I'm an entrepreneur. I've been in the pump industry for uh, 17 years now, and I started off as an ad salesperson and then transformed into this entrepreneur. So coming up on uh, 10-ish years, I don't know where I am as far as the months these days, but uh, I have just fell in love with the industry and not from the the side where I get to work on the equipment, but I get to see all the people who work on the equipment and I get to share their stories and, you know, try to learn what's the best technologies so I can share that to other people. So I've been doing that for a while and I like to connect with people. That's my number one thing. You know that, Rob. I do know that. And, and Charlie, like one thing I want you to talk a little bit about is like, what's your mission with empowering women? Yes. So as a woman in a male dominated space, all these industries, uh, we feel like we're the only one in the room a lot of the times. And we uh, also have to kind of, I guess, cling together in this community. I didn't realize when I started on this mission to better myself uh, as a leader that I actually need that community of women around me. And that's what I found. I found that I needed that. And I know that if I do, and I'm pretty strong and bold, that there are other people out there that could use that encouragement of a group of women around them. So creating that uh, empowering women in industry uh, was so that we could obtain the skills that we need to be successful in the industry, but also to have that sisterhood and community and, you know, just grow together as women leaders. I'm curious because obviously you are definitely a fierce leader now in your life doing all those types of exciting initiatives. How long have you considered yourself to be a leader? Oh, just about, let's see, two years now. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, It's a funny story because when you look back, you can see your leadership skills, but you don't see them at the time. So I tell a story about... Um, you know, I, I want to say 16, I can't remember the exact year, but I got a leadership award for playing basketball at high school. And, you know, I'm like leadership, they call me up and give me this award. And I'm like, okay. And so I still have that plaque, you know, that I can look at and say, well, I was a leader. I just didn't understand what that was. And a couple of years ago, as I was developing this group and community uh, of women and, and really saw that they were going to be the, I guess, solution for um, the gap, the skills gap, the knowledge gap, everything in the workforce. I feel like women can help in that. And doing that work, 
I was then because I was called a leader again by my peers and like, we need our leader back, you know? And I'm like, what is happening? And so I was like, if I'm going to be called a leader, I need to know what that is. And so I've been really researching that and lots of reading, lots of conferences and books. And, uh, but yeah, I think, you know, this, this um, leadership launch pads really helped me see what that means for me personally. What does it mean to you personally now that you've spent all this time deep diving into this concept? Yeah. So I think it for so leaders and leadership, I think they have to set the vision for the people that they influence. Uh, but I also think that you need to know what you're trying to make an impact on, what your vision is um, for that. And I think that starts with you. So a lot of personal work on, on what leadership means to you as the person that others are looking to and knowing that you know yourself you know that um, you're on a mission and what that is Um, but I think more than anything if we don't have that vision as leaders um, to care for our employees or our community then we're not going to be able to make an impact we're not going to be able to influence people in the way that we're trying to uh, because we don't really know you know, deep down what's affecting us uh, in order to be better, better leaders. So I think it's about vision and knowing yourself. Amen, sister. High five, long distance. I love that answer, eh, Rob? Yeah, it's funny. So so we were on a call a few weeks ago, Charlie, and and, uh, you had another person on there who, who, who was who had done some leadership coaching with you too. And she said that you were not only a heart centered leader, but also a a brain centered leader, or like you have both qualities. Do you want to just talk a little bit about that? Because my perception of you and what I've seen has been very much this heart centric way where you really care about people. You really care about relationships. You really care about, you know, them first. Do you want to talk about this other aspect of yourself? Yeah. So I had to think about who you're talking about. You're talking about Barbara with uh, change intelligence and you're, you're, there's three different leadership styles. You either lead from your head, your heart, or your hands. So if you think about your hands, that's pretty easy, right? Task oriented, heart, people, and your head is that vision and purpose driven. And uh, I think the reason why you feel that is because my purpose is actually to help people. And so they go, they go definitely hand in hand, but what I read in her book uh, that really helped me was that the people who are visionaries are um, kind of leading with the head and they sometimes run off and leave everyone else. They have an idea, they have a vision, they, they go for it. And I know I did that with social media. I taught our industry that it was needed, but didn't really give them maybe the skills and the tools that they needed to succeed. And um, I tried, but I needed to get some help in some areas, you know, like the hands that I'm not um, as best as, I'm sorry, uh, that as far as the hands where I, you know, I need that person in my life, that other leader in my life to help where I am, you know, not at the best, but we all have everything, right? I can't say I can't do any work with my hands or execute anything. Um, you have to have all, all leaders have all three, but okay. So the people and the goals, um, the goals to help others and develop people that is at my core. I love it. Um, my vision for everyone and kind of bringing them forward, they have to be hand in hand. So when I look at empowering women and I can see the grand vision of women sitting at the table and being able to speak, you know, clearly and communicate, I also know 
that they need to learn the skills and the tools so that they can succeed and they need to have access to these tools. So I'm here. I'm, you know, I feel like I'm at the top of my game, you know, and I, I would get, I got fired when I was at the top of my game, right? Like I didn't have the tools to say, okay, I want to go to the next step of my career. What does that look like? How do you plan for a career um, development? Um, So examples of that is, okay, what are you trying to impact? What is your area of lacking um, that you need help with? Who can you surround yourself with that? What uh, resources can you have in your back pocket? Um, And then, you know, take that and and you can move forward. But I think that if you don't realize that you also need to kind of work on self, work on the skills, not to the point where it's all about, you know, we've got to fix ourselves because that's the other thing that I don't want people to think like I've got to be, you know, perfect. Um, But my goal um, is that we give women these tools from, you know, you know, bringing them to the table, showing them that financial uh, management is part of being at the C-suite. And we have to start teaching that stuff earlier and giving them the access. I mean, that's really what it is, giving access for people, bringing that community of like rock stars that are out there. I mean, we have women in industry, so uh, it's not that they're not there. It's that, you know, we just don't see them and I want to highlight them and I want to help any way I can to develop um, the women and keep them here because we need them to stay and we need them to bring their friends uh, so that we can have a better workforce. Love that, Charlie. It's just so inspiring as a woman hearing you speak that way. I think we definitely need more of this in the world. yeah, you're talking about, it's so interesting to me, you're talking about how you're a visionary, but you know, at your core, it's really about helping people. And you can see those two kind of coming together in the creation of everything that you just demonstrated for, for this whole Empowering Women's Initiative, right? Is like, you really obviously have this like ability to really see and illuminate the blind spots, don't you? In terms of the way that people are being treated. Yeah, I think that is probably one of my gifts. I just always say I read people for a living, but I I see people's talents and what they can do. I can see that developer in me can see their talent and say, okay, that's next level for them. And at the end of the day, when, when I have these little success stories, which I do have um, several success stories of watching somebody kind of work within their strengths, knowing what their strengths are. Uh, we always use the the strengths finder for, for our group of, okay, tell me your top five strengths now. Now tell me, which one of these do you want the world to see? Which one do you want to amplify and work on? So mine was communication. So you've seen that amplified over (laughs) over this year. Um, That's what I want to get better at. And, um, you know, if we're doing that with ourselves, and, and that's kind of the work that we do is a constant improvement, not to reach perfection, but to to go where we want to go. So to accomplish our goals. If I can do that with me, then I can help other people do that. And you're right on. It's, it's about kind of really being yourself and really listening to somebody else so that they can give you the tools that you need to help them along the way, which is basically communication and talking to people and getting to know them, right? You're in the trenches with these women having these types of conversations with this eye for illuminating the blind spots. What are some of the biggest blind spots you hear them speaking about in terms of the way that they're being led? Um, as far as being led, um, I think there's, I think people in my group, um, 
I think the the biggest challenge for them is thinking that they have to do it all perfectly. I really do. I think that, um, you know, we, as women, we, we juggle a lot. And I, I don't think that that's an excuse because it's not, it's actually like our superpower to be able to do that. Um, but it, we chat, we, we set this bar that we're hardest on ourselves. And I can tell you that for leaders, right? Because as I am in my own critic, right? It's like, oh, that wasn't good enough. Except somebody else is like, that was awesome. Right. So it's, it's, I think that it's not really confidence because I think the women that I'm around are super confident, but I think that they don't have like access to the table or access to, um, the, the tools that they need to kind of go next level. And that is, that's just about you know, bringing us together and talking about that. And what is that? What is it you're trying to accomplish? The, the other thing is, as far as, um, you know, I think it's that challenge for women to know that they have that community, that support, especially in male dominated spaces, because we become one of the boys and it's just, it naturally happens. Like you're just, you're hanging out with the guys. I mean, that's what literally, if you're the only woman in the room and there's the rest is guys, you're going to transform yourself to them. And I would just challenge these women to be themselves in that environment because that's how they stand out. And that's, you know, how we all do, right? We're all unique as ourselves. Um, and so it's fine to hang out with the guys. I like it, right? Like it's fun. I've been doing it for almost 20 years or something. And so that's, that's where I love like, all of it. You don't have to be, you know, um, a girl that doesn't wear makeup, or if you want to be a girl that doesn't wear makeup, you can, right? Like you, you don't have to transform yourself to fit in. And I think that's what we do more than anything else in this space is just how can I put my best foot forward in a room full of people who look completely different than me that think completely different than me? Why do I have to transform into that? The answer is you don't. And um, you do have to learn the skills. You do have to learn how to be successful in the environment, but you can still be yourself. And I think people will actually appreciate that more than, you know, you standing on the stage in your gray suit trying to be the CEO, right? <laughs> that's, yeah. that's my story. We talk a lot about that, right? In, in our group, about the importance of being able to show up authentically. Like there's a lot of power in that, right? Like in terms of just being able to own what it is that you bring to the table, which again, you know, with women, we, we do have unique things that we bring to the table. Sometimes that the males in the room don't, right? So it's like really just trying to own all that you are and all that you bring is always going to be the strategy from a mindset perspective in terms of being able to play your biggest impact game in whatever room you're in. That's right. And it, and it sets you on fire, really, when you're in your truth and you're in yourself, you know, like the things, whether it's, you know, I'd like to talk a lot about my glam because that if I like to dress up. Right. So so that's one of the things that um, it does make me happy. But I also like to, you know, get the point across and see that somebody has like heard me and like understands my goal and we can move forward. I can't, you know, have 20 people trying to make a decision and we just kind of sit there. Right. I'm ready to get things done. So it's, it's working in that space and knowing who you are, that you can really like feed that energy into the room. If you're, you know, second guessing yourself or 
the whole time <laughs> analyzing as you're talking, like that's not helpful for anyone. And so you're right. I think, you know, figuring out who you are and knowing that, and that takes some time. It takes effort to, to learn about yourself and learn, you know, what is holding you back. Um, if you know, you, you can see the vision clearly, what's holding you back and spend some time on that. The gap analysis, right, Rob? Yeah, no, there's, there's a lot there, Charlie, to talk about. I'm <laughs> here all day and I'd love it. That's right. But I, but I think like, I think you're right. I mean, I mean, you know where I come from. I come from mining, I come from oil and gas and like typically we're talking most, I think it's like 90 something percent men. Right. And I think like it does give you very much a, there's not a lot of diverse perspectives in the room. Like people think very much similarly, there's very much a, you know, and, and what I've seen has been very fixed mindsets, very much you know, we do things this way because we always have. Like, what do you see in industry, Charlie, that you would say is like the biggest mistakes that leaders are making? Yeah, they're not they're not allowing everybody a chance to be in the room for one to hear hear those perspe- perspectives. I think um, to your point, um, it's not just women, right? If this is just kind of one element, it needs to be across industry. So. Again, with Empowering Women, we, we set up this community to go from engineers to operators to sales to marketing to learn from everyone that may be in this workforce. And so maybe, you know, you're thinking about the admin or the marketing um, and bringing them into the strategic meeting um, and saying, what do you think about this? Just because they have a different perspective, they see it differently. Um, And so different cultures, different regions, you know, as much as we can bring those people together, then you see like, oh, they see this completely different, like hanging out with you Canadians, like, right. It's like, you can see um, Alabama completely different, right. So it's, it's fun. And it, it brings that creativity to the table. And I think that when we have leaders in the room or we just have our leaders bring in this type of community that we can talk to each other, this team, right? This team that's like, okay, what's your idea? We all learn and and grow from that. And I don't see that. I know that it's not there, but it's not there because we don't have women or we, we don't have, you know, other diverse cultures within our groups. It's that at the leadership level, they're not allowing them in the room because Traditionally, uh, what I've seen uh, that it's, you know, white males in leadership roles and older white males in leadership roles. And so, you know, even the younger people bringing them up into that space, I mean, they're going to have a different perspective. Um, I know my son who's 15, he has a different perspective. He's like, I don't understand this empowering women, right? Like you can do whatever you want, go do it, you know? And I'm like, well, that's a great perspective. And I'm so glad that you think that. So hopefully this will kind of transition out in the meantime, how can we grow right now? And how can we, you know, you know, bring that diverse group to the table to create change? Because I don't want to wait 20 years for him to, you know, be in my spot to figure it out. (laughs) Um, But no, I think, I think if we look at it with the leaders that are right there trying to make these decisions, I think they are trying. So um, it's not a, you know, these leaders are, are terrible. It is, okay, leaders, how can we change the systems to get these people who are not in the C-suite to the table where you can talk to them? I think if one of my goals is just to 
be able to say that enough to where that kind of clicks like, okay, you know, I'm going to go bring this operator into the C-suite and we're going to hear from them. You know, like, why is that hard? It's not just break that rule a little bit to let them in the room or change it. Right. Um, and I am a, I am a rule breaker or a risk taker or however you want to describe that. So it's easy for me. And so now it's kind of thinking about, okay, head person, how, how do you bring these people along? What kind of tools do I need to give? What kind of influence do I need to make um, uh, to, to help them create this change that is needed? Because you can't just have a woman in the C-suite. It doesn't happen like that. They have to, you know, get there. And uh, that's what I'm, I guess I'm challenging. And like, that's a thing, right? And I think like, like asset management, talks about breaking silos and like having different perspectives from different departments, you know, in the room. And, and especially like what we see in, in my industries is like when people do different types of analyses, if they miss a department, that department gets blamed or their perspective is not heard and therefore they end up being blamed for something. Right. And it causes these rifts. And I think like, even just saying that Charlie, like, oh, you know, operators are important and should be included in a discussion. That's actually like you are, and you know this, but like maybe the listeners don't, is like that's actually challenging what our industry does right now. Like we don't typically do that. It's it's like a weird thing. And I've also seen it as very hierarchical in a lot of the organizations that I worked for or see or consulted at is it's like, they're not allowed in the room because they're seen as less than. Mm -hmm. I don't know if you want to talk a little bit about yeah. that. Yeah. I mean, I, so I'll, I'll, there's two scenarios. There's engineers and operators, right? And then there's sales and marketing. And these are the two worlds that I know that they're completely different. Okay. They're my, the way that they think is different. The way that they perform the task, they're, they're different, but they're equally important. They're valuable, right? I always say different, but equally valuable, right? And so we have to have those conversations or we can't get the job done. We can't have the project actually be more efficient if you don't bring them in and, and let them talk to each other. But it's more than them talking to each other. They have to value each other. They have to actually value them as a human and their work because it's tough. I mean, I remember, I love telling this story. I started my company. I was a sales girl. I'd sell advertising and I'd be like, okay, put that ad in. I don't understand why, like, you can't just put it in. Like it's going out tomorrow, like put the ad in so I can, you know, get the revenue or whatever. And then I started my company. I had to build my own newsletter to go out. And I'm like, no, I'm not redoing that. I'm sorry. You're going to have to wait until the next one because it's so much work to get it done. And it's perfect. And it's scheduled. And so I never saw that because I didn't know their job. I didn't know what they did until I experienced it. So it's, it's, it is some of that cross training, but it's also listening. It's thinking, okay, I want to know about you. I want to know what your job looks like. And it's as easy as telling that story because then you understand, okay, whether you value it or not, you know, that's up to you, but you at least understand what that role is. And, and you couldn't do your job if that person didn't do theirs. Um, and we all have to work together in that, right? So I think uh, with the engineer and the operator, oh my gosh, if I could just get them to talk to each other, man, uh, or, you know, just the, in, in my opinion, just, okay, 
the person who's actually working on the equipment, installing it, whatever, if they're like actually talking to the designer and being like, um, could you just please design something where my hand could fit in there? That would be awesome. So it's, I was talking to Dylan about this on the podcast. You'll hear it. Uh, he's like, if you know, the things that come up over and over again, if we could just talk to the designer to fix that, our lives would be a little bit better. It's kind of like if you're walking and keep hitting your, you know, toe on the bedpost or whatever, you're like, move the bedpost. Like, <laughs> so it's, um, it's having those conversations to figure out what those things that just drive you crazy are or things that we know are problems in the industry. Um, and yeah, that's why, you know, I want to challenge myself to, and all of the marketers out there to be in the room with those, you know, very intimidating roles, right? Go ahead. It's not, it, it, it may feel that way for a moment, but then like you've just grown, you've just learned something from them and they've learned something from you. So. Charlie, you're well runs deep, girl. You've got so many golden nuggets buried in everything that you've laid out here so far. We want to know what some of your best strategies are for getting people to lean into these, you know, different areas that you've illuminated today, need our attention. How do you get them curious? How do you bring them to the table and, and get them to, to really start asking these types of questions? What are some of your favorite strategies as a leader for that? So, so it's kind of two different worlds. I think one of my, I guess, strategies for getting people to open up is to talk about something that they care about. And so as a salesperson, I would always ask, what do you do for fun? You know, and once you get to know somebody on a personal level, then they'll be more willing to open up and share something. So one of the strategies that I use is to, to sit and talk with somebody, right? I'm an open self and I ask questions. So I want to get to know them. Um, but it's not about, you know, their work at first. It's about them. And so I think some sometimes we can see how you can help somebody in work, but it, it doesn't always have to start right there with the conversation. It's getting to know them. Um, and so that's, that's a strategy that I use to get to know people. Um, now when we have our video chats and, you know, part of it is creating this space where people have fun and, you know, um, I share a little something so there's, they will, but a lot of the times you have to actually pick on somebody like say, okay, I want to hear from you. And I think that you should do that in everything. I think you should look around. And if you've got that, you know, timid person at the table that you ask them a question, a direct question so that they, and maybe you prepare them. I'm going to ask you a question, right? So that they are um, ready and, and feel a little bit more comfortable with it. But I like to, I like to pull them out of that comfort zone. I think no matter what it is, whether it's, okay, I'm going to start doing art today. Um, that changes your perspective. So those are, those are the tips I do, right? Do something fun. I ask them about that. And then um, I do challenge people to do something different. Like if they don't like to talk to people, I'm like, okay, here's, you know, a bra five bracelets. You need to go meet five people and talk to them and exchange this bracelet. Super uncomfortable. Um, but if you give them like a purpose, like the purpose is to get five bracelets, right? Like to change them out then like, okay, I can do that. Um, the other thing is, you know, having a question, like I need you to answer this and why. Same for social media. I need you to click on this post that I made 
and this is why. The why is because this is very important for um, to get this message out. We need people to register, blah, blah, blah. But you have to be able to, to engage somebody in the why you're doing it. Um, I think more than anything else, I can get my team or my community on board if they understand, okay, this is our why. This is what we're trying to accomplish. I love it. Build rapport. Get them outside the comfort zone, shake them up a little bit, help them find their edges, let them have a little bit of fun because obviously that's that's really good in terms of really creating that connection and trust as well. Right? Yeah, I wanted to add, um, and then connect them with someone. I think that's the other part that we uh, forget. It's, you, you can mentor people, you can um, you know be their coach like y'all, y'all are great coaches. Then it's that next step of like, okay, I've heard what you need. Now, what am I going to do about that? That next step of I'm going to connect you with somebody that's going to help you. Um, I think at my core, you know, that's where I like to live, uh, connecting. So I'm connecting with people, but I'm learning from them in order because in the future, back to that futuristic self, I'm going to connect them with somebody that either they're going to help or they're going to get help from. And that's the that's the winner right there, <laughs> connecting that community. I think it's all a winning strategy. Create rapport, get them outside the comfort zone, have a little fun, engage them, ask them like a really engaging question, you know, then you know, add, you're adding value to them, obviously in those experiences. And then you're going the distance with the relationship by getting them connected with the resource down the line. And I think people want to tell about themselves. They want to, to tell somebody who's interested, right? Um, and I think that that's important. It's important to listen. I think, you know, we go back to this male-dominated space and the encouragement from women and the listening and the talking. Like, we like to talk. We like to talk a lot. Like, we like the energy and the engagement. And, and I think that if you're that person, I'm not saying everybody's like that, right? But if you are that person, you, you have to have it and you have to give it. So it's not um, one side and I don't need somebody just to sit there and listen to me. I need somebody to actually have feedback and, and, and then we're growing together. Um, and so I think that's what this community of women um, can do for the men out there too. They can be that encourager. They can be that listener and um, they can give the tools back that will help us be stronger. Uh, because I do believe that that role, that encouraging role, it can't be understated. Yeah, I think it's everything, right? It's like it shows people that you care for sure. Um, but there's a saying in leadership, right? When you add value to your people, they'll add value for you. Mm -hmm. And that's really, I think what you just described that you understand oh so well, it just comes so naturally to you, I could tell. It's just so in alignment with who you are, which is how I know you're a born leader. But uh, yeah, I just, I, I think it's everything, right? Like, I think these types of strategies are what we need to be able to engage in these types of conversations where we're going to be able to actually, you know, illuminate these blind spots and actually be able to do something about them strategically, right? Like that engagement piece is really how you open people up to have that level of conversation that they might've been avoiding. Because yeah. And there's always a fear in having com hard conversations. Like, I don't know if I want to talk about this. I don't know if I want to, you know, say this in public. I, I don't know if I should, you know, address this, but I think it goes back to your mission and your why and your purpose. And if, if you know, at the end of the day that you're trying to 
do things for good, to make change that is going to last, that's going to help everybody, then you can have those hard conversations. And, you know, I'm, I'm happy to have a hard conversation. I like it. I like, I like, even if you disagree with me, but I think that it's, it's because I know that that's where the work actually gets things done is, you know, not, okay, we, we agree with you. We agree with you, but no, let's, let's challenge that. Let's look outside of what we've always done, what we, you know, don't want to do and say, why do we not want to do that? So. I love it, Charlie. We could seriously go on all day talking about this stuff. You know why Rob and I are here. You know why we launched this whole mission, right? With the Leadership Launchpad Project. We clearly need more leaders like yourself in the world, especially right now in the context of the world and how challenging it is and how much we really need to grow and challenge the status quo. I love that phrase too. I've picked up on that phrase, challenging the status quo, because that's exactly what I've been trying to do, but I didn't have the, I didn't have that phrase. I love it. It's, it's, it's okay. in everything, right? Like from creating the best piece of equipment that's going to run the world, like you can't just use what we've always used. And so you have to have a different mindset. Um, so I like that for, for my pumps and equipment world. I like it for our women leaders, our male leaders and everyone in between. Um, I just think, you know, challenge that, challenge your own mindset, right? Yeah, that's what I, I, I think it's so true. And I've always joked about this, Charlie, with mining is like the status quo for mining or like quote unquote improvement has always been build a bigger truck and build a bigger like shovel and blast more. And I'm yeah. like, that's not innovation. That's just like, <laughs> you're just making something larger. Like, and I've always felt that way is like, really, if you look at like the, you know, like the seven dwarves where they're like using a pickaxe and like those rail cars, we haven't come that far from that. And it's like, I, ju I just think like, this is the same conversation, right? Like we're trying to challenge what leadership is in this industry. Like we're trying to challenge you know, people treating each other like people like that doesn't happen that often in industry. That's like a conversation that, you know, like even at the beginning of our group together, like that was a conversation that was a little bit foreign to some people in the room. Right. And I think like if we can start having that conversation, because intuitively, I think we all know this that we are people and we should be heard and we should be listened to. And yet we just go to work and we put on this robot suit and we say, Hey, it's all about just like doing your job. Yeah, that's so true. You know, we aren't just work people. We're just, we're just humans. We have all kinds of different personal aspects to us and it's going to show up at work. I think the one thing that um, it was on one of the podcasts on empowering women podcasts where she says, um, you know, you can't bring half yourself to work. You have to bring your whole self to work. And if you have something going on at home, it's coming to work. Like whether your leaders want to know it or not, or accept it or not, you're going to perform in a way because of your whole life and situation. So, you know, lean in and figure out how, how, how is their day? How, how is, you know, is there anything that you can help them with and really mean that? And it may just be that they need to talk to you about something that's real and figure out like, how can I make this work? Um, 
I think, you know, being able to be open and, and be a leader that people can talk to, uh, that's really a, a goal. I think we all have is like, just, will you please, you know, be able to share? And what does that mean for you to know yourself enough and to give of yourself enough um, that people know that, that they can come to you? Um, if, if that's the case, then I think you're doing a good job, right? <laughs> so Charlie, we got to wrap up here. Like if people are out there and they want to find you, connect with you, they want to find empowering women and connect with them, where should they go? Yeah. So we're on all the social media networks since that's where I started telling this, uh, but you can reach me at Charlie K Matthews. Um, I have my own website. If you want to go there, charliekmatthews.com. Uh, but then we have empowering women in industry uh, all across the board. So LinkedIn's a great place to connect with us. We share and we have a community and groups, but uh, it's also empowering women in industry.com and empoweringpumps.com. If I didn't have that one in there, um, my team would be really upset. So um, yeah, connect with us on all the socials. Send me an email, give me a call or a text. I'll answer. And the podcast. Yes. Don't forget about the empowering industry podcast. Yeah. I'd love to have you on. Susan, I was thinking about you last night or this morning. One of those was like, okay, I gotta, I gotta make Susan tell her story a little bit more. Anytime girl. Anytime. Love it. Charlie, it's great having you. Honestly, this has been so freaking much fun. I feel like there's a part two somewhere down the way because I have so many more questions I want to ask you. Yeah, well, yeah, I think we could talk about it all day. This is where this is where my like uh, Saturday nights I can spend just hanging out chatting about leadership, which is, um, you know, not for everybody, but I like it. I always say that's how you know that that's your purpose when you're doing it on the weekend for fun anyways, talking about all this to all your friends, right? It just is coming out of you naturally. Charlie, we're trying to help, you know, we're trying to really put a rally call out there right now so that we can really reach any of those people who are out there listening to this. Maybe you're on the fence, don't consider themselves a leader because they don't have the corn suite or whatever the title. Um, we're really just trying to call on them to see themselves as leaders so that they can really help us on this mission. Is there anything that you would say to add to that call? Yeah. So I think that you have to tell yourself that you're a leader. You have to tell yourself every single day and have that proof, which y'all have taught me, right? Um, you, you have to believe it first. And the only way you're going to believe it is when those things come up and you say, I'm not a leader that you say, actually, I am right. And you have that proof. And I think more than anything, that keeps you going as a leader. You're never going to feel like alone and down if you can be able to say like, I'm doing this, I'm doing this on purpose. Um, and this is why. Um, and it's because, you know, you are a leader. You are, you are because you're in the room and you are because you're trying to help people accomplish their goals. And I just think, you know, that is leadership and we all can be that. <laughs> you are that. I mean, that's really, you, you have that impact on people's lives. Everybody has somebody they're impacting and um, just own it and know it and, and have that proof. I love it. You heard it here. Charlie said, you are a leader, folks. <laughs> Charlie, thank you so much for sharing your brilliance and your expertise. I so enjoyed you being here. Anything else you want to add to that, Mr. Rob? No, I was just going to say, and we can end on that. Like, it's true. Everyone's a leader. You got to step up and take it, though. I think yes. that that's the message. And I, I don't want people to forget that is 
you can be a leader for yourself. You can be a leader for your family, for your customers, for your employees, your colleagues. It doesn't matter. You can be it. So you just got to step up and take it. And, you know, for us, if you want to follow the Leadership Launchpad Project, you can follow us on LinkedIn, on Facebook, and on YouTube. Please subscribe to the Leadership Launchpad Project on your favorite podcast platform. And if you want to sign up for the Neater the next Leadership Launchpad Project program, go to elitehighperformance.com slash leadership. You can sign up for that. And you can also sign up for the newsletter and all the other stuff. And yeah, Charlie, Charlie, I always get inspired when I talk to you. I just have to say that. And so Yay, I'm, I'm, that's, that's one of my favorite things to hear. I mean, that if I'm, if I'm doing that and I'm inspiring you to be your best self, then yeah, that's awesome. And, and it is a responsibility, Rob. I loved what you said. It is a responsibility that you have to say, I am a leader and I'm going to, I'm going to work on it for everybody else. So uh, I love that. And I loved I don't know what I'm going to do without not talking to y'all every week. So I'm going to just have to like dial you up. Conversation <laughs> will continue, Charlie. Don't you worry, girl. Awesome. 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 Yeah, we appreciate you and everyone listening. We appreciate you listening so much. Please subscribe to the show. Tell your friends about the show. Step up in your community as leaders. And we'll see you next week. Thanks, everyone.